Hi, everyone, and thanks for listening to this episode of the Payments Hub, Enterprise Fintech Explained. I'm John Paquette, and with me, as always, is Kevin Rice. Kevin, welcome back. Hey, John. Great to be here. So we're going to do something a little bit different on this podcast. Towards the end of 2021, we launched a survey in combination with a survey partner, Treasury Webinars, and we asked a number of forward-looking questions to get a sense of organizations' priorities heading into 2022 both from a technology and operational standpoint. We're going to be presenting the full results of that survey in later in January, and there'll also be a recording of that saved on um, tispayments.com if you missed the session. But we thought for the purpose of this podcast, it could be interesting to just go through some of the key findings and trends that we're seeing, particularly where we're just kicking off 2022 now. And maybe just to level set a bit here in terms of the responses that we received, a total of 274 responses were sent in for this particular survey. About 85% of those respondents worked in the treasury accounting and FP&A area. The other 15 came from accounts payable and accounts receivable, really also representing a variety of different sizes for organizations as well, both small, mid, and enterprise, probably slightly leaning towards the mid-market here with about 40% of the respondents working in an organization of that size. And the remainder really split between small and enterprise level. And as far as the industries that the individuals worked in, there's really a large variety, um, you know, really across healthcare, software and technology, professional services, consulting, government, manufacturing, education, really, you know, almost any industry you can think of was represented here pretty evenly too, in terms of the respondents. So, and with that, you know, maybe we'll take you through a couple of the, uh, the key findings that we had in this particular survey. The first category we're thinking about sort of, you know, maybe discussing here a bit are general improvement trends for organizations. So these are, you know, some of the questions that we've asked in terms of, um, you know, what are the key trends, what are the key forward-looking items in terms of process, technology, and people? And, you know, Kevin, maybe you could kick us off here with some of the, uh, some of the, you know, high-level trends that we're seeing in the, for the, from those particular responses. Yeah, definitely, John. So when we take a look at some of the responses that we received, uh, where we're seeing the most attention from the uh, respondents here are really gaining better visibility into key data to drive better decision-making. That really took the overall vote here with 23%. Increasing the security and control around critical finance processes was in second with 22% of the vote. Um, And then tied for third here was between automating manual and repetitive processes and improving the systems in use by a particular department in order to support recent growth, whether organic or through M&A. Yeah, interesting results, I think. So, you know, gaining better visibility into key data. Everybody knows the value of data and there's been a big emphasis we've been hearing in 2022 for organizations looking to take advantage of that. In addition to, you know, increasing the security and controls around your financial processes, which is always important, but has come definitely come to uh, the forefront more um, as some of the, you know, as fraud has begun to take a bigger role for organizations last year, just, you know, the increase in fraud threats companies are facing. It's kind of interesting, you know, only 5% responded that there was, you know, their desired impacts for technology in 2022 were to be in a better position to address any industry or market specific regulatory audit requirements. So, you know, it seems like it's a, uh, a low area of concern for organizations. So hopefully they have that, you know, fully kind of un- under control here and sort of evaluating these survey results. We sliced it up a few different ways. So, you you know, that yes, you know, it seems like gaining better decision over uh, gaining better better visibility over key data to drive better decision making is, you know, the kind of the 
top priority for organizations. Um, but it's interesting to see how it kind of breaks down between small, mid-market, and enterprise organizations. Were you surprised by any of these trends, Kevin? I mean, to be honest with you, you know, when we look at the survey results, again, the largest share of that breakdown, 28%, um, being attributed to enterprise marketplaces. You know, again, the larger the organization, again, the more cash you're generally going to be dealing with, the bigger the footprint. And whether or not you're centralized or decentralized, it's tough to get a feel for, again, um, you know, all the data that is dispersed throughout the organization. So, you know, again, really trying to gain transparency and visibility uh, and make use of that data to strategically drive future initiatives makes sense. Again, that that's such a priority for enterprise uh, organizations over small organizations. Yeah, I thought that was interesting too. It's, you know, that, that emphasis on data and just gaining better control over it to, so you can draw better insights from it. But it's interesting to see that it's so, you know, I guess, highly valued at the enterprise level. If you look at the small organization level, um, the most, you know, kind of the biggest, the, the highest survey results came in the automating manual and repetitive processes category. So they're still really looking at process automation as, as sort of the key objective for 2022. So real quick that, you know, that just stands out to me too, that, you know, again, the smaller market, they might not have the abundance of resources that an enterprise organization does. So, you know, really trying to do more with less and automate processes where, where possible. Um, you know, so that, that really stood out to me as kind of uh, why uh, we, see, we saw such a large response from the small, small market with regard to automating uh, manual and or repetitive processes too. Just figured I'd mention that for our listeners. Yeah, I think that's definitely a piece of it. Um, you know, you can also see that the small market responded favorably to improving the systems in use by their departments in, in order to support recent growth. So mm -hmm. it could be that the small enterprises are lagging behind in technology investment um, in comparison to enterprise organizations too. And then, you know, so they're sort of still back at trying to uh, put in place good technology to drive process automation where enterprise organizations are better and you know, might have those pieces already in place and are looking to the next step there, which is to sort of, you know, use that data um, better in their decision-making process. But yeah, I thought this breakdown was super interesting. Definitely. You know, as we kind of move forward here, you know, risk mitigation was, was another key criteria or, you know, and will continue to be for all of 2022. So, you know, we asked organizations, what was their biggest risk mitigation focus for 2022? And, you know, overwhelmingly here, it's seems like, you know, 30% of organizations, uh, their biggest effort was going to be around eliminating manual payments, which is something we hear about quite a bit, right? Companies looking to do. And then, you know, second here that, which was just right behind that was just improving payment security training um, within their organizations, putting in place better security training programs. So, you know, yeah. things that are more leading edge, like beginning to use pay validation services um, were only 5%, really, you know, only 5% respondents indicated that was a focus point for 2022. So interesting stuff here too, I think. Yeah. They, they definitely go hand in hand, I think, right? You know, trying to uh, limit the number of manual payments that companies are doing today. I'm sure you know, our listeners can appreciate uh, that all manual payments are prone to human error one way or another, transposing information within a payment, um, you know, again, being the victim of a, a bad actor and a phishing scheme. So, you know, again, it makes sense why we're seeing such a, again, high priority placed on automation of payments and elimination of manual payments. Yeah. That's uh, one area that Treasury is always looking to get better in and always pushing the organization to limit, make manual payments the exception versus the uh, the normal process within the company. And, you know, so, sort of the last survey result we had here in this particular category was just what are the most important skills for your department to upgrade in 2022? Kevin, anything here kind of surprise you? Um. 
Data analytics, you know, this is again, something that's been growing uh, more and more year over year. I would say, as we talked about earlier, companies are, are really trying to make strategic data-driven decisions. And, you know, again, being able to centralize the data across a company is becoming more and more sought after. So it's not necessarily a surprise, but I think it's, again, a trend that we've seen grow year over year here. Um, and kind of coming in at the top spot here, cash management is always a staple. Um, it seems like, again, even with all the uh, technology enhancements uh, out in the market today, cash management remains um, kind of always a vital point uh, or a place of improvement for organizations. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, in this category, we saw things like oral communication skills, written communication skills, you know, even, um, a, you know, investing in AP automation solutions, scoring pretty low overall, all below, you know, 20%, most below 15%. And things like, you know, cash management skills and data analytics skills scoring particularly high here. So um, you can definitely see the, I think the shift, right, into trying to take better advantage of, of the data that your organization has and just overall managing cash more effectively as being the top priority for um, companies going into the new year here. Yeah, and I think it really speaks power to you know uh, data itself, right? With the introduction and advancements made with, with concepts like data lakes, it's interesting to see how companies are going to be leveraging data uh, in the years to come. Definitely, yeah. And so, you know, another category that we asked the respondents to kind of give their opinions on here were the strategic roles of their departments and how they would expect that to change over the course of uh, 2022. And again, I think we had some really, you know, um, interesting results here. So first of all, we just asked, you know, what what is the role of your organization today, just to get the lay of the land, so to speak, right? And so about 40% of organizations viewed themselves as, as being, or departments within the within the respondents here viewed themselves as being the suppliers of data that's ultimately used to make key decisions uh, within their organizations, but not really holding a lot of influence over directly making those decisions. So the next category here that kind of scored in here was 22% of organizations uh, or respondents here viewed them viewed their department as a key advisor or strategic par uh, partner to the CFO on decision making. So you have you know around 65% or so falling into one of those two categories. And then the rest here kind of view their departments as being sort of purely transactional, right? Sort of operational, more so to speak. So Kevin, just wanted to get your thoughts on uh, on these results too. Yeah. And I, I think again, kind of that 40% uh, department there, you know, that has a focus on reporting speaks volume to some of the earlier survey results we've reviewed in this session, John. Uh, we think about accounting departments, AR, treasury, um, they're all using, you know, again, data to drive their initiatives, whether it's again, you know, at an analyst level, um, fueling data fueling a cash flow forecast or cash position report. Um, and of course, you know, that drives strategic decisions all the way up to the CFO level. So this makes perfect sense based on what we've discussed so far. Yeah, agreed. And so, you know, once again, we kind of broke this down um, department by department here as well. So treasury respondents, accounting respondents, AP, AR, and FP&A. And so I thought that these results were interesting too. So, you know, actually treasury scored highest or had the highest number of respondents uh, indicating that they felt that their department was a key advisor to the to on strategic business matters to the CFO. Only 28%, you know, so you still have um, probably about another 25 or so falling into that purely transactional or also, you know, the supplier of data, but not influencing those decisions. Uh, but I thought this was really interesting. A lot of these departments that you would think of, you know, APAR felt, felt that their departments were purely just transactional or at least suppliers of data, right? So no big surprises there, but, you know, Treasury was kind of even across the board in terms of responses in each one of these different categories. Did that surprise you at all? Uh, no, not really. And the reason
reason being is because I think it's well known that, you know, treasury is becoming more and more viewed as a, a key advisor to the CFO. Um, it, it's never been, you know, a more important time to know where your cash is, how it's dispersed, and really how much of it you have. Um, I think, you know, again, the recent events with COVID has really put a spotlight on all of those issues. Yeah, agreed. And, you know, I, I expected FP&A to score the highest as sort of feeling that they were a key advisor on strategic matters to the CFO, and they did, but just very, very, very slightly above treasury. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of respondents in that particular category still felt like they were just purely suppliers of data uh, for, for decision-making, which I thought was interesting too. You know, as we look at sort of, you know, relative to 2021, how will um, responsibilities increase, decrease, stay the same sort of as we go into 20, 2022? We had a result here that just broadly indicated across all respondents that about 80% felt that their responsibilities would increase significantly or at least increase slightly, right? Only about 20% thought that they would stay the same and virtually none thought that they would decrease. But it looks like across the board, most organizations are thinking they're going to be playing an increased role within their organization in the new year here. So we also broke this data down by um, department as well. And, you know, I think this slide or these results here have some very interesting trends. Kevin, do you want to maybe give a, a, a few of the highlights from these results? Absolutely, John. So when we look at treasury, we see respondents feel that their responsibility within their department is going to increase almost 50% um, from year over year from 21 to 22. Uh, and, and again, b- based on everything we've discussed thus far, this makes perfect sense. Um, treasury really becoming that strategic advisor to the CF Again, with the advancements in technology, ongoing implementations, uh, again, just at the rate which companies are growing today, just responsibilities are ever increasing uh, in the treasury world. So I can't say that I'm surprised uh, by the respondents here from treasury, but when we take a look at some of the other respondents, we look at accounting. Uh, we see a, a big increase, not significantly, but slightly in terms of the responsibilities of accounting. And again, referring back to earlier results uh, that we discussed in the survey, we see a big responsibility increase with regards to reporting from accounting. So kind of goes hand in hand with part of the increase that we're we're seeing in treasury responsibility as well. Yeah, no, agreed. I, I was really surprised. You know, it's nice to see treasury, so many of the respondents feeling that their responsibilities are going to increase significantly, but you know, that about 47% of the responsibilities in that category indicated that. And the next closest category was actually AP, who, you know, there's about 30% of respondents who indicated that. So it seems that the treasury individuals strongly feel that responsibilities will increase in, in, uh, in 2022. So that's an think, interesting one as well. Yeah. And the last comment that I'll make on that, it was, you know, it was interesting to note that uh, no one department or any respondent really made note that there was going to be any sort of major decrease in their responsibilities. So it seems like, again, no matter of the department, again, uh, responsibilities continue to grow. Yeah. Yeah. So in the survey results, we also touched on some of the kind of, you know, leading edge technology topics and the expectations around the respondents as it pertained to those. Obviously, bank APIs was a big one, right? So we got some, you know, feedback from organizations in terms of who was using bank APIs for what and, you know, who wasn't using them, um, both now and going into 2022. And there's only about, you know, I guess 20% of organizations indicated that they have absolutely no expectations to begin using bank APIs in 2022 for either reporting or payments, right? So um, obviously those organizations must feel like they have their flow of data kind of, you know, in good shape with the, with whatever methods they're using today. Uh, but by and large, most organizations did indicate that they plan to use APIs for either or both balance and transactions 
um, in 2022, with actually the, the bulk of respondents, about 35%, the most popular response was, yes, we will use it for both, you know, payments and, and balance and transaction reporting in 2022. So, um, you know, kind of taking those uh, results a step forward here, we, you know, also asked the respondents about their expectations around technologies coming into place in 2022, sort of, you know, what they thought were going to be the, the, the most advantageous technologies to begin to adopt things like AI, EBAM solutions real-time payments, um, even cryptocurrency was in here as a criteria too. So um, Kevin, maybe you can walk us through some of those results. Yep. So when we look at the results here, we see kind of, uh, you know, EBAM's no surprise. It's, it's kind of, it's been a long sought after solution uh, with regards to, you know, treasury management, more, more on the administrative and um, uh, payment side. Um, so no, no surprise to see that on the list, but surprised to see it so low in relation to some of the other sought after uh, API use cases here. We look at real-time payments uh, amounting for almost 50% of respondents here uh, for technologies they would like to implement in the coming year. And uh, again, this is I, I see this as being a widely adopted um, technology for the most part because institutions are, are going to be supporting this uh, very quickly in the coming year as well. So it's going to be widely available um, and it's going Going to reap a lot of benefits uh, for a lot of companies as well. Um, and we look at artificial intelligence here as well, taking 30% of the vote. There are so many use cases where AI is going to be available. And it's going to be interesting to see how this is going to change the day-to-day -day operations as well as, again, uh, with, with machine learning becoming available, um, you know, what data, what insights are you going to be able to draw from um, as AI continues to be integrated into day-to-day -day operations? So so I think it's going to play you know, a large role, almost from a strategic advisory perspective going forward here. Yeah, no, agreed. I mean, an interesting 50% of organizations looking to take advantage of real-time payments. I'd say that was a, a little higher than I thought it was going to be. You know, um, agreed. it seems like real-time payments is the, the organizations I've heard who have had interest in it have you know, sort of real use cases behind it. If you think about, you know, anybody who takes advantage of the so-called, you know, gig economy and wants to pay their suppliers or individuals quicker so they have instant access to funds or, you know, logistics industry, uh, for example, who's, you know, kind of needs to sort of instantly, um, you know, uh, validate the settlement of certain fund transfers and things like that to release time sensitive shipments. There's definitely, you know, coming to market use cases for it. I just didn't think it was as broad as this is 50% of organizations looking to take advantage of those. So that was eye opening, I think, for me, at least um, 30, about 35% looking to take advantage of virtual accounts. That's no surprise. That's been a, a very popular topic, it seems like in 2021. So, uh, but yeah, some interesting results here, I think. And, you know, likewise, we went ahead and we broke down these results by small mid-market enterprise um, organizations to see if the results varied at all. Surprisingly enough, you know, yeah, so it looks like small enterprises, maybe a little bit more in real-time payments, 57% looking to take advantage of that. Maybe their supplier base is a little bit more sensitive and they think there's some strategic advantage to, you know, giving their suppliers um, instant access to funds once they've been paid, you know. Uh, but by and large, it was, you know, across the board, small, mid and enterprise organizations all were looking to take advantage of um, real-time payments in 2022. And it was the most popular category across across everybody. So definitely. Yeah. And, you know, when we take a look at artificial intelligence and 
where the interest is based on kind of, again, uh, market size here. We look at 37% of enterprise organizations have, again, a, a large interest in artificial intelligence. And it makes a lot of sense. Just again, with uh, the, the larger your footprint, the larger your company, the more accounts you're dealing with, the more data that you're dealing with. And again, the ability to make sense of it and draw that insight that I mentioned uh, would be a much more benefit for an enterprise size company than uh, maybe a smaller company. So again, really trying to uh, make the most sense um, and really provide a clear outlook and uh, strategic direction for the company going forward. Yep. Yeah. And then those looking to take advantage of cryptocurrency in 2022 was, yeah. was low. There was, you know, virtually not a lot of interest there. Um, you know, mid-market enterprise organizations, about 15% um, said that they would consider maybe taking advantage of crypto in, in 2022 for some sort of solution. And then within small organizations, that was only 4%. So really not a lot of interest uh, in that topic at all amongst small organizations. I'll, I'll tell you, John, though, when looking at the results here in this, these particular categories we just discussed, I think that we'll get a very very, very different uh, picture painted for us in terms of results year over year from 2022 to 2023. So yeah. can't wait to look at that down the road. That'll be interesting. So we also, you know, we mentioned that AI machine learning was a, was a popular topic, one that we asked a couple of questions about during the course of the survey here. And, you know, one question that we asked to the, um, the group here was, what is the biggest opportunity for AI to improve fintech in 2022? So they had the choice between cash flow for forecasting, fraud prevention, detection, counterparty risk management, currency risk management, and AR and cash applications. So um, as far as results go, pretty evenly split between um, fraud prevention detection and cash flow forecasting, each getting about 30%. I think probably no huge surprises there. And then with, with 24% was AR and cash applications as a uh, potential use case for AI um, to improve fintech. So I don't know, Kevin, anything that surprised you here? This seemed pretty much in line with what I was expecting, I think. Yeah, same here, John. You know, when we look at fraud prevention, detection, uh, the bad actors that we mentioned earlier, you know, they're becoming more sophisticated in their schemes. And as a result, um, companies are, are trying to do the same on the originating side, right? You know, you have to be more proactive in identifying uh, illegitimate beneficiaries and, and really take a uh, proactive stance, uh, catching those payments before they get to the beneficiary or ultimately before they're even processed. Yeah, agreed. And, and then, you know, taking that a step further, taking one extra cut at that data and looking at that enterprise, mid-market, small organization level, I think it's, you know, also interesting, um, you know, to break down the fraud prevention detection findings here, 36% of enterprise organizations sort of thought that that was the, uh, the biggest opportunity for AI and machine learning. Um, and, you know, only 26% of mid-market, I mean, a small organizations thought that uh, that was probably going to be the biggest application for that particular technology. It seemed the small organizations more favored AI and machine learning for cash flow forecasting about 50% or so. So I thought this was interesting. It kind of shows the priorities between the two sides organizations, you know, enterprise probably facing quite a bit of fraud threats in 2021 and looking for opportunities to defend against those, you know, small organizations maybe being a little bit more sensitive to having more predictability in their cash flow forecasting. Everybody's been in sort of an abnormal place for the last two years um, from a forecasting standpoint, from a predictability standpoint. So um, maybe that's sort of what that trend there is alluding to. Yeah. And then, you know, when I look at it, fraud prevention, that that large response that we receive from enterprise uh, size organizations, you 
you think about the sheer volume of payments that they're dealing with on a day-to-day basis. So that makes perfect sense. Um, it's so difficult to stay on top of every single payment that's going out the door. Any one of them could be fraudulent. Again, being prone to human error, if not automated, and even if they are automated. So that makes perfect sense. And again, the small market response with regard to cash flow forecasting, um, you know, if you're a smaller organization, you're looking to grow, you kind of need to know what your, your outlook looks like. So again, these responses make perfect sense to me, John. Yeah, I think so too. And that's a great point about, you know, enterprise organizations having a lot of payments to monitor on a day-to-day basis. You need some automation to kind of give you a, a chance on that. So, um, all right. So the last category that we asked organizations was really, you know, what are your hurdles to meeting your treasury goals? And so, you know, just sort of trying to get an idea of uh, the top obstacles that companies might have to face to meet their goals over the coming 12 to 24 months. Um, you know, some things that we gave them for options there were budget constraints, availability of either IT or finance and treasury resources, just sort of having an unclear roadmap of what they're looking to achieve or just not having an ROI associated with their project maybe, right? So what sort of, you know, was the most broadly given result here about a third of respondents indicated budget constraints actually were the biggest hurdle to meeting their treasury um, objectives. But right behind that was the availability of IT resources at right around 30%. So any kind of surprising trends here, you think? No, I mean, whenever trying to implement a new solution, um, especially if it's an external software, it's, you know, budget constraints are, are always um, at the forefront. Um, but I think an interesting correlation we can make here, John, is, you know, with the availability of IT resources, um, we know that, you know, they're generally not of abundance, depending on the company that, you know, uh, and they're usually pretty thin spread as is. Uh, but then we also look at the response of availability of finance and treasury resources. We think about um, you know, the turnover that organizations have faced over the, the past year due to COVID and other uh, related issues. So uh, again, here, the, the results are very telling. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, almost 25% said availability, availability of finance and treasury resources was the biggest obstacle. So I think from conversations, we know that most companies are working with small teams. They're really considering if I, if I undertake a, you know, a finance project here, do we have the right amount of resources to actually manage this properly? So that's, uh, I thought that was an interesting result to to see it score so highly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yes, yeah, slicing these down a bit by organizational size. Once again, here, the budget constraints you can see are, you know, about 50% of the small market organizations indicated that is the biggest hurdle. So it seems like, you know, that might've skewed the results a bit in terms of, you know, that scoring so highly on our, our previous result there. And then uh, availability of IT resources looks like, you know, more so leaning towards the mid-market and enterprise level organizations for um, the challenge that they're facing in meeting their goals. Yeah, definitely. And then we take a look at, again, availability of resources in, in the mid-market in particular here um, took the highest vote at 31%, and which fits. It makes sense, right? Um, there might be other other goals outside of, uh, again, you know, a treasury or finance um, technology implementation, and those, those resources are dedicated already. So again, the results there from the mid-market, not surprising, um, but also interesting to note, uh, not too far behind it were enterprise and small market all, again, I would say here, more or less um, second highest right behind budget constraints was, again, availability of resource, IT resources being limited. Uh, good point. So yeah. 
I mean, a lot of interesting results all throughout this, uh, this survey here. As we mentioned before, uh, we'll be presenting the full results here um, with Treasury webinars later in January. So definitely welcome you to join that session. Um, or if you miss it, there's, there'll be a recording of it posted on uh, tispayments.com. But, you know, we're glad we were able to give you just sort of a flavor for what the results were um, for the survey that we launched here and, and some, of the, some of the key trends. And Kevin, thanks for sharing your insights on all these topics as well. Absolutely, John. Look forward to the full results. All right, great. Well, thanks everybody for uh, for tuning into this episode and we'll see you next time. Thanks.